The Old Testament lesson is from Numbers chapter 11, verses 24 through 30. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. So they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad, are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire rested on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, 
and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel appointed for this Pentecost Sunday is from John, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this Jesus said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Prior to his ascension, Jesus promised his followers, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then just prior to his ascension to his heavenly throne, Jesus gathered his disciples together and he promised, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus makes it clear that the spiritual health of his followers and their robust missionary efforts are dependent completely on the Holy Spirit and his working in their lives and through their lives. As we begin our Pentecost message this morning, I want you to think about two questions. The two questions are these. What if there were no Holy Spirit? And secondly, what if the day of Pentecost had never happened? Then what? If there were no Holy Spirit, then God would be incomplete. And so would his work of creation and redemption and sanctification. But the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. As essential as the Father and the Son are to the Godhead, equally essential to the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. This we confess in the words of the Athanasian Creed, where we say the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Yes, the Holy Spirit is essential, an essential person of the Holy Trinity, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If there were no Holy Spirit, the creation of the heavens and the earth would never have happened. 
You see, the Holy Spirit participated in creation. The Holy Spirit is first mentioned in the second verse of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we read, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Yes, if there had not been a Holy Spirit, the heavens and the earth would never have been created. If there were no Holy Spirit, the leaders of Israel would be hapless and their prophetic voice silent. But the Holy Spirit appears throughout the Old Testament. For example, the Holy Spirit comes upon certain judges and warriors and prophets in, in ways that gives them extraordinary powers and insights. For example, as Joshua is commissioned as the leader of Israel, God says to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. Of Othniel, it is said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him as he leads the Israelites into battle. It is said that Gideon, a judge, is clothed with the Spirit of the Lord. And the strength of Samson is attributed to the Holy Spirit. And early in King Saul's rule, the Spirit of the Lord, or the Spirit of God, rushed upon him. And he prophesied with the other prophets. Yes, the Holy Spirit plays a prominent role in the Old Testament. He especially plays a prominent role in prophecy. In the Old Testament lesson that was read moments ago, the Spirit of the Lord, we're told, rests upon 70 elders of Israel, and they prophesy. David declares that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, he said, or spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. Likewise, Ezekiel, the prophet, reports that the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit appears not only in the second verse of the Bible, in the creation of the world, but the Holy Spirit continues to appear again and again in the Old Testament scriptures as he empowers God's people to do that to which God has called them. If there were no Holy Spirit, the incarnation of Jesus would never have happened. But it did happen, didn't it? The angel Gabriel announces to Mary, the virgin, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and therefore the child to be born to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. And Joseph, her betrothed husband, is told by the heavenly messenger in a vision that the child in Mary's womb is conceived in her by the Holy Spirit. Yes, if there were no Holy Spirit, there would never have been an incarnation. If there were no Holy Spirit, there would have been no redemptive ministry of Christ. But the Holy Spirit descends upon our Lord Jesus Christ in the form of a dove when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. And then we're told that it's the Spirit of the Lord that leads Jesus out into the wilderness so that he might be tempted by Satan. And then Jesus, when he is in Nazareth, stands up before the people in the synagogue and he reads to them a passage from Psalm 61. 
Psalm 61 that speaks of how the Holy Spirit will come upon the Anointed One, upon the Messiah. And so all of Jesus' ministry is blessed and directed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, listen to the words of Isaiah 61 where Jesus reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The Spirit has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. The Holy Spirit has sent me to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. So all of Jesus' earthly ministry was guided and directed and blessed by the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. If there were no Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost would never have happened. And it would have been a, a colossal flop. I mean, Jesus' followers would have returned to their vocations, demoralized and doomed. The 3,000 plus baptized men, women, and children would never have believed in Jesus Christ. They would never have had their sins forgiven. They would never have been the seedling of the, of the early church. Instead, they would have gone home still waiting for a Messiah to come. And the prophecy of Joel, that in the last days God would pour out the Holy Spirit upon all flesh and that their sons and daughters would all prophesy, that prophecy would have just been fantasy, unfulfilled. And if the day of Pentecost had never occurred, the worldwide mission that Jesus told that he would send his disciples on would never have been initiated. There would never have been a mission start in Jerusalem. It would never have gone on to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If Pentecost had not happened, no one, no one would be calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. But the evangelist Luke describes the extraordinary work of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Day. He reports, and we heard it read in our second reading, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like that of a rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And these Spirit-filled followers of Jesus Christ, they spilled out into the streets singing and shouting and sharing that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Savior of the world. If the day of Pentecost had never happened, Jesus would have lived and died in obscurity. His life's work would not even earn a footnote 
in the history of civilization. But the Holy Spirit is responsible for the success of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and ascension being published and proclaimed not only in Jerusalem on Pentecost Day, but literally to the four corners of the earth today. If there were no Holy Spirit, the Word of God and the sacraments would be powerless and ineffective. But all of Scripture, from the book of Genesis to the end of Revelation, is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. St. Peter writes, for no prophecy is ever produced by the will, no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that is why Paul can say that the gospel is the power of God unto the salvation of everyone who believes, because you see, the Holy Spirit is working powerfully in that word. And that is why it is said of the Bible that faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. That is why it is said of holy baptism that it is a washing of regeneration and a washing of renewal of the Holy Spirit whom is poured on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And that is why St. Paul says unequivocally, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the power. Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in His Word and in the sacraments. And we see the powerful effect of the Holy Spirit at work in His Word on Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit uses Peter, Peter of all people, to preach a Word of God. And through that Word that Peter preaches, people are convicted of their sin and they confess their sin. And they're moved to believe in Jesus Christ as the promised Messiah. And we're told that 3,000 plus people are converted to faith in Jesus Christ. 3,000 plus people on that day are baptized, receiving the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. What would be our condition? if there were no Holy Spirit, if there had never been a Pentecost Sunday. If there were no Holy Spirit, you and I would be lost and condemned creatures. We would still be dead, spiritually dead in our sin. We'd still be condemned, condemned for our trespasses against our God. You see, we're not partially broken. We are broken beyond repair by our sin. That is, we're broken beyond human repair for our sin. We need the Holy Spirit to repair us, to bring God's forgiveness to us, and to begin to make us whole. That is why Jesus says to Nicodemus that Nicodemus and all others need a rebirth of sorts. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
And so the only one who can repair us is the Holy Spirit. For he is the one who brings to us the treasures that Christ won for us and earned for us with his death on the cross. Yes, the redemptive work of God's Son was, was complete. It was finished when Jesus died on that cross and rose from the dead. By the blood that Jesus shed for you and me on the cross of Calvary, an eternal treasure has been acquired for us. Jesus has redeemed us. He has purchased and won us from all our sins, from death and from the power of the devil. Not with gold or silver, but with his precious, his holy precious blood and was innocent suffering and death. And you and I know this to be true. We believe this to be true. And we believe this to be true because the Holy Spirit has worked powerfully in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one who has created faith in our hearts. He is the one who has brought us these blessings of Christ in His Word and in the sacraments like baptism in the Lord's Supper. And so we live day by day knowing that all of our sins are forgiven. We live day by day knowing that despite what may be happening in our lives, that we are beloved children of God. We know day by day that even though death is ever before us, that death has been vanquished and defeated by Christ's resurrection, and he has promised us that victory too. And we live each and every day knowing that the Holy Spirit continues to work in our lives, ever renewing us and making us into the image of Christ. And so, so we, the spirit-filled, spirit-regenerated followers of Jesus that we are, are ever being renewed in the image of our Savior. The Holy Spirit continues to foster and grow in us the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits that the Spirit works in us so that we might not only grow into the image of Christ more and more, but that through our lives, other people might be blessed. And the Spirit of the Lord, He, he grants us all kinds of spiritual gifts. My spiritual gifts are different from your spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same one Spirit. And He gives us these gifts, these talents, so that we can use them for the edification of the body of Christ so that you and I might be a blessing to one another and that we might be a blessing to the world around us. Yes, we spirit, spirit-generated followers of Jesus are ever making contributions that have throughout the ages changed the world for the better. I mean, think of what it is that God's spirit-filled people have contributed to this world. We have raised the, the awareness of the sanctity of human life. We have raised or elevated sexual morality and marriage and put it on the pedestal where it belongs, a marriage between a man and a woman. Christians are responsible for releasing women from cultural bondage by seeing them as equals, creating the image of God, whereas many other cultures subject women under the authority of men. And they see them as second-class citizens, property that can be discarded at the will of the man. 
Christians change that. Christians change that when Paul writes, for example, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christians have had a tremendous impact on the formation of hospitals and orphanages and seniors' residence and education. Christians have had profound impact upon labor and science and justice and, sl- and, and the abolishment of slavery. Christians have had impact upon art and music and literature, all for the good, so that civilization might be enriched. And you see, these good things would never have happened if it were not for the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit working through spirit-filled, spirit-regenerated followers of Jesus. You see, without the Holy Spirit working in our lives through his word and sacraments, our lives, well, they'd be limited by time. We'd be like everyone else, just kind of making the most of today because there's no eternal perspective for most people. But the Holy Spirit in our life shows us that there's life not only here on earth to be enjoyed and lived, but there's life beyond the grave for us in Christ. Not only would our lives be time-limited without the Holy Spirit, so to speak, but our lives would be pointless. Our lives would be humdrum. They'd be boring. And that's why so many of your people are bored with life. Even though there's entertainment and things to do all around them, they're bored with life. Because they do not have that living spirit of God creating a vibrant faith within them. Without the spirit of God in our lives, our life would be vanity, meaningless. We would be doomed. We would be facing death, defeated, and with despair. But, but there is a Holy Spirit. And the day of Pentecost, it did happen. And you know what? The world has never been the same. We have never been the same since the Holy Spirit worked a little Pentecost in us. Ever since that day that he brought us to faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And you know what? The Holy Spirit continues his work of convicting and converting and cleansing and changing of transforming sinners into forgiven saints. And the Holy Spirit will continue this work unceasingly until the day our Lord Jesus Christ returns. May the Holy Spirit be praised now and forevermore. Alleluia. Amen. We continue to worship the Lord by collecting our offering.